0: This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet. we will be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed, Mr. Jay Swah.
1: Rob, what's going on, my man? How are you? How was your week? How was San Diego?
0: San Diego was um, low-key, I'll put it that way. Um, Had a lot of good meals, some sunshine, some beaches, everything you can ask for. I also went to San Antonio, actually, yesterday, which was less cool. I'm going to go with Diego over Antonio. It's like a personal preference type of thing, uh, but still cool.
1: Saints power rankings. You've got Diego over Antonio.
0: I'm long Diego, short Antonio. Uh, That's a momentum, not a value play. But what's up with you? How was the weekend?
1: It was good, man. It was good. I um, consciously took it off for college football betting. I decided to use my Saturday for rest and relaxation and socializing, which was, um, you know, apparently other people do that. It's some semi-common. Mm-hmm. Very it's
0: almost it's almost like time is precious and fleeting <laughs> or I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I'm really starting to re-enter this whole uh, you know, 40 hour work week thing. And uh yeah, it's it's really it's got a lot of cons. I mean, you know, the the paycheck paycheck's cool and whatever, but yeah, your free time really gets sucked uh, sucked down. So last year when I was doing this full time Pretty much I could watch football all day Saturday and all day Sunday and then kind of just have like Monday to decompress. Like I would legitimately just go – when I was living in Vegas, just go walk out of my apartment about two minutes and I could go be heading up a mountain, which was very nice and kind of just get out, get away from everything. But now with this whole uh, full-time job thing, I watch football all weekend and then it's like on Monday the kids, they're just – man, so many questions, so many questions like every day. None of
0: them are about football.
1: Yeah, what the hell? I know, and then it's always the most annoying kids or Cowboys fans, and I'm just
0: like, you guys are fucking pissing me off. <laughs> cool, cool. No, cool. no, like self, self-loathing little six-year-old Redskins fans. Oh, I, oh no, yet?
1: I hate them too. Oh Don't get me wrong, but it takes a sp- – But see, here's the thing. So like, you know, there can be some like subconscious stuff where like you're a Redskins fan because like you're trying to to uh like appease your your distant father or like family member, which you know I can see in a hypothetical world. Um <laughs> but if you're a Cowboys fan, you know, and even if you're doing it to appease your your you know parents or whomever is important in your life, whome- whoever is a Cowboys fan that's never been to uh Texas and lives in the DC area, Get the the average IQ of that person. I mean, honestly, and it sucks because I not a lot of our viewers are from where I live or not viewers or listeners. But, I mean, honestly, if you ever come here and talk to anyone in the D.C. area, they're so fucking stupid. They're legitimately the dumbest people in the world. I mean, anyways, I don't even get on a tangent. But, yeah. But uh, so yeah, took the weekend off from college football betting uh, consciously because it was a weak slate, and I was also kind of feeling a little overwhelmed. And I really just focused on NFL. I had a great weekend at NFL. I went seven and two. I was up four four point four units uh, for NFL. So I'm up about seven units on the year. And I've kind of made a conscious des- decision to kind of drop college football for the rest of the year. There's really only six more weeks, six seven more weeks of college football, and this way, kind of just hyper focusing on the NFL. Uh, where really just my entire process – yes, I had good results last week, but really my process, including my daily fantasy process where I had my best day ever, although a lot of a lot of players went off in fantasy, so that, that's a little bit of randomness too. But the process of everything, I just – I liked a lot. And looking at it from a fantasy angle as well as a betting angle, which I've looked at it for so long, but now kind of seeing it from a different viewpoint, I've really seen my NFL handicap improve – um so i kind of just want to keep hyper focusing on that and it's also going to let me get ready for the nba and the college basketball season which are rapidly approaching and i'm going to do some serious nba fantasy this year which i haven't done in a really long time we're going to have our league rob are you pumped for our league uh we still have a couple spots bro
0: i'm pumped dude i'm definitely pumped to beat you i'm just mad at myself for doing shitty and fantasy football so I'll, i'll really turn that around and bring the the hammer and the focus on the nba how did you, do, how did you
1: this. do this week uh, with your fantasy football? And you consulted with me. How did you do with that?
0: That was the the consultation was the right call. Um, Hyde started in flex. I still lost to the best team by like twelve or thirteen points. Um, he had some. He had some, Michael Thomas went off. I don't know. He's just better than me, dude. It's just yeah. I was just
1: outclassed. Yeah, Michael Thomas won him. I had him in DFS. He won hand. But, um, yeah, that happens. Make sure you're picking up, like, you're looking at defenses to pick up, like, the week in advance and stuff. Like, see who the Dolphins and the Jets are playing, like, a week in advance and see if, if they're available, if those defenses are available. Just go ahead and stash them for a week. That's that's your pro tip. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I'm going to use this year. The NBA is, like, a trial year for, for betting. So I'll kind of be following that closely. That I'll have our uh, betting preview up in the next two weeks I'm excited to I mean I I don't like, this is really going to be painful uh but I have to give you credit Rob you called the NBA being cool about like probably f- maybe 5 or 6 years ago and I was like yeah eh, no NBA's always been a joke but they really have uh turned a corner and I mean I they are very they it's kind of like almost like wrestling I mean very dramatic mm-hmm. you know I will say that but the actual content and the like the or the actual game is is really fun to watch and mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I will give you credit on that. You called that. So uh good on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll take full credit for that one. I also want to shout out, now that you're like a legit Twitter user, um, how much you hated Twitter in like twenty ten. Okay. I was trying to tell you how cool it was. you were like, This is <laughs> this okay. is the worst. Leave me alone. Uh, okay. just to okay. pile on. Yep. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. 'Cause we'll turn this we'll turn this podcast. <laughs> We'll, we'll get a whole new sector in this podcast if you want to get started with this, but uh, yeah, I did okay. But reasonable minds can can change. But anyways, if you want to bring out any more sins of mine, go ahead. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, I'm excited to find out the NBA this year. Also, college basketball, which is my bread and butter, is about to get started. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be good. I, I'm really excited for it and. and kind of I always talk about the circle of competence and it's you know something from Warren Buffett talks about it a lot and I stumbled on a quote today and I tweeted it out I was I just had a cup of coffee at work and I just stumbled onto this quote the right time after having coffee and it was just like uh very very inspirational um I know you don't follow my my Twitter there rob so I'll, I'll read it for you uh but it's a an Andrew Carnegie quote and it says my advice to young men would be to not only not only to concentrate their whole time and attention to the one business in life in which they engage but to put every dollar of their capital into it so obviously him focusing on his tycoon uh but this is kind of what I, what I mean by you know now that I don't have to split my bankroll between college football and, and NFL I can put that money towards the NFL so I can raise my my unit size in the NFL and kind of just focus on that and then get ready for the NBA and college basketball. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of just another week in the NFL and, and focusing on daily fantasy. I'm going to start posting my, my teams earlier in the week. I had a couple people reach out to me and ask me about that because uh, I posted my team doing well this week. And I think a couple weeks back I posted them as well. As well. But that way I can show you guys what, um, what I, I posted and I can also recap my process uh, on this show as well now that I'm kind of hyper focusing on NFL. So does any of that uh, jump out to you, Rob? Does that make sense? Uh, questions, concerns, or other um, things from my past you want to just bring up?
0: <laughs> Plenty of those. I'll leave those for a special app. Um, no, I, I honestly like the call on college football. Um, I think it shows, hopefully, like, self-awareness on, like, the process here matters, honestly, more than the outcome. So, like, Even if you were up a bunch on college football, in reality, that decision should be on the table, right? In any given season, in any given sport, it should be possible to be like, hey, you know, this may be working out for me well right now, but it doesn't feel right. And the process is not right, and I'm just getting lucky, or uh, I need to cut this off. Um, I like that. I think that's good.
1: Yeah. Well, I I appreciate that. Yeah. And it was just one of those things, I mean, I, I think I'm like down two units on the year and, and I have plenty of futures going on. It's just one of those things where something doesn't feel right. And, uh, identifying it and correcting it and moving forward. And it's funny, I don't know, kind of retrospectively looking at decisions like this. It's funny. Like once you make that decision and how like, looking back on it, it just seems like so simple. I don't know. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. So I'm excited moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of tackle the NBA and, and get, I mean, college basketball is my bread and butter and it's less than a month away. So I'm really excited. But before we get to that, we get to the old NFL, uh, kind of just want to give some updates on the divisions prices. So the Cowboys schedule gets much, much harder starting next week. Whereas the Eagle schedule gets really, really easy after next week. Uh, and there's a huge leverage game next week, uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles play each other. So this week the Cowboys get the Jets, which is like 90% – I should say 90, about 75% of the time they win that game, whereas the Eagles are actually an underdog in Minnesota, so they only win that game about 40% of the time. But after this week, the schedule favors the Eagles uh, a lot. So I'll be on the Eagles uh, next week. I'll put a division bet in, and then regardless if they win or they – against the uh, Cowboys the, ne- the next week, or even if they lose because we'll get a better price, I'm going to take another stab at the Eagles for the division. Um, same thing really with the AFC and the NFC. I know the, the Chiefs lost this week, but it, it was just a weird game. They, they uh, had a lot of injuries, couldn't get their offense to click, and the, the Colts just came in with a game plan to just eat the clock to keep Patrick Mahomes and offense on the, de- uh, on the bench, and that's what they did. It, it was really a good plan, and, and I respect the Colts. Uh, but, of course, it's one of those weeks where I had the Colts the previous week and they lost, and then I bet on the Chiefs in-game, and, of course, the Colts look like gods. But that's that's gambling. That's that's sports betting. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then another division update, the Browns' schedule gets much easier in a couple of weeks after going to New England, and the Ravens' schedule toughens slightly. So if you were with me and you had the Ravens 4-1 to one preseason or you were with me when I took the Ravens again, a couple of weeks ago, before they lost to the Browns, uh, we're in a good spot. We're sitting pretty, but we're gonna. I'm going to at least hedge out uh, a, a good portion of that uh, after the Browns go to New England, just to kind of tie up, tie a, um, a bow on that. Since the Steelers and the Bengals have bowed out, it's a two horse race. It's just locking some major profit and, and move on to the next one. And then uh, the big thing, too, is the Rams are no longer the favorite to win their division. So they went to the Super Bowl last year, but both the Seahawks and the Niners have looked really good. The Niners are the new favorites. They are the only undefeated team other than the Patriots in the NFL. Uh, Still a lot to be seen from them. I was just texting a buddy talking about them, somebody's opinion I respect a lot. And also other people that I don't personally know but I follow, uh, they like the the Niners, but it's still very early in the season, so... Uh, I thought that was it was quite interesting. Uh, but yeah, anything you want to add or questions before I get into this week's games there, Rob?
0: Mm, no, I don't think so think so. That's funny about the uh the Colts and it sounds like you're still focused on kind of the uh, little bit of contrarian plays like the zooming out, hey, this week isn't everything. Um who's still got a chance here, big picture? And you still really like the futures markets?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just for me the futures markets have a lot less variance in it, um, and you know you can look at things like schedules and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of my futures from preseason look really good, and we'll recap those maybe in a couple of weeks as we get to like a half halfway point. But um, yeah, so I, I like where I'm at with that, and hopefully y'all all tailed me in with the, those futures. But we're also up seven units so far, so that, that's really good. My goal is now that I'm at seven units, I'd say if I can, I can get 15 units on the year, um, so another eight units, that would be a, that would be a good year. You know that would be like a, in, in a world of, of probabilities. That's kind of like my baseline. Anything above that, that's like a great year. Anything below that, that's like, a, eh, you know, not really happy with it. So, 15 units is the goal. So, eight more for the rest of the year. Uh, but yeah, moving forward to this week, um, once again, I do post these. Uh, this is the super contest line. So these come out. These came out just a couple hours ago. The Westgate Super Contest is like the most popular contest in sports betting. Uh, it's actually starting to get some competition now that now that other states are legalizing it, but it's essentially it's a contest where you pay $1,500 and you pick five games throughout uh, each week. Can't pick more, can't pick less, and you pick against these lines that come out on a Wednesday and they don't change. You have to get your picks in, I believe, Saturday, uh, but as injury, weather, updates, coaching decisions come in, you... Um, you know, you get to pick against these lines that don't move, whereas the actual market does move. So it's a very popular contest. Now, I obviously give these picks out on Wednesdays, so it's a major disadvantage. And I give out these picks um, on a Wednesday night when more information comes later in the week. So uh, I think some people are like listening to this and thinking, "Oh, well, he liked this and these super, you know, and these picks um, against these lines." And it's just because I'm giving a pick for every game. So. Uh, the old degenerate phrase is like, if there was a gun to my head, I would pick this, at, you, know, at, uh, on, <laughs> you know, here at 741 uh, on October 9th. If I, you know, if I had to pick a game, I would. And, and I kind of just talked briefly about each game. But all my plays are posted on my Twitter, um, at Sports And that, that's where you actually see me. And I already do have one pick out, and it's actually the first game. So the spread in the contest is the Patriots minus 17 against the Giants. Uh, I actually have bet on the Patriots at minus 16 and a half. I also took the Giants team total under 12. Uh, the Giants are without their starting running back, their superstar running back, um, their backup running back, their star tight end, and their starting wide receiver, and they're going to Foxborough. Also, to revisit last week, I did I, my prediction was 35 to 3. Uh, the Patriots would beat the Redskins and that uh, Jay Gruden would be fired by 6 o'clock on Sunday night. I was slightly off. So the Patriots won by thirty-three to seven instead of thirty-five to three, and he was fired before Monday morning at six a.m. So just just slightly off, but uh, <laughs> I was able to win a two-unit bet on that, so that was good. Um, and what was
0: that one? What was the what did you had, have on that game?
1: I had so I had the Redskins team total under thirteen and a half, mm-hmm. and on the first drive, the Redskins ran a fucking jet sweep like you know a high school team would. And it went for 65 yards and a touchdown. And I was just like, Are you fucking kidding me? And I got pissed. And, but in sh- what I should have done is taken the Patriots live. I think they were like minus 10 then. When you pregame, they were like minus 16 and a half. But I, I was like, No, you know, maybe I missed something, blah, blah, blah. And then the Patriots just completely killed them. So um, yeah, really missed an opportunity. I could have had more money. Uh, but yeah, so so I had just the Redskins team total, and this is one of the things about what I like about looking at daily fantasy, and why where I think it helps my handicap is is now really I'm watching the game more as like um, instead of it being like the Redskins playing the Patriots or this week the Patriots playing the Giants, I look at it as the Patriots offense playing the Giants defense, and the the Giants offense playing the Patriots defense,
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: And because that's how fantasy players have to look at it to find out, all right, who's going to get the targets, who's going to do that, the matchups, the cornerbacks, the D linemen, blah, blah, blah. And that's really adding a new perspective to me and really helps with my live betting because, like I I've said about football, is football is so matchup dependent. You know, these coaches spend a week preparing for that specific game. So, yeah, we have, we know they have certain talents, blah, blah, blah but we get to see what the coaches are, are going to do from a game theory perspective that they think is going to give their team the best chance of winning. you know. So you do all this research, and you hear these theories that people who have been doing the DFS stuff for a while, and then you kind of see what happens in the first quarter, and then you can react based upon that, if that makes sense. So I really like that. I think it gives me a really healthy edge. And For example, with this was a guy's projection, who I really respect, loved Teddy Bridgewater and Michael Thomas this week, even though a lot of the betting market did not like the Saints at all because Teddy Bridgewater didn't look good. Uh, I think a big reason for that is uh, th- there's a lot of things. The Bucks defense, the Saints have good coaching, and also the game was in the Superdome. And games in dome stadiums tend to go off more. And by off, I mean like high scoring. Uh, it's like a track meet, like they call it. Uh, but you, you, once I saw Teddy Bridgewater kind of looking like he was in control, I live bet the Saints. Even though I had the Bucks pregame, I live bet the Saints. And one of the reasons was was because the conviction of a couple of the guys from from the daily fantasy realm that I. Uh, that I had mentioned all week that, hey, I, my, my projections really like Teddy Bridgewater, you know. So uh, it just gives me this, this added element that, that I like viewing it as. And really my whole bet for this with the Patriots minus 17, and I actually got the bet at minus 16 and a half, but the contest line is minus 17, is the Giants are not going to be able to score. They're just not going to be able to score. And the Patriots at home, they have no, they have no trouble putting up points. The Giants' defense is terrible, uh, and it's a short week. And that favors the home team, that favors the better coach team, which is obviously the Patriots. So, yeah, first game is a bet I actually have, um, but no other bets so far. Some games I'm definitely leaning towards. But, yeah, so first game is the Patriots minus 17 versus the Giants. Second game, if I was forced to pick this, I'll take the two-and-a-half points. So it's the Buccaneers playing the Panthers in London. So a classic NFC South game in London, uh, England. (laughs) So I'll take the Bucks plus two-and-a-half. I just think uh, the Bucks offense – with Jameis Winston's passing has more upside, even though I love Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, I really do. But he's a little banged up, and their quarterback Kyle Allen has showed some some difficulties with turnovers, which is a huge part of the game. And and Jameis has his own problem with turnovers, but his passing upside is, is higher. So I'll take the two and a half points, but I won't be betting that game at all. Uh, Ravens are playing the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals plus eleven. Just way too many points. The Ravens really have not impressed me. They they have beaten up on bad teams and the Bengals are not a good team but um their their defense raven's defense is not that good uh maybe they have a good effort here but 11 points is way too much Uh, i do like the ravens to win the game but 11 points is way too much uh seahawks i'll take minus one playing the browns uh seahawks played last thursday whereas the browns played monday that's a huge scheduling advantage Russell Wilson, he might be the second or third best quarterback in the league. He's an amazing, amazing player. I mean, you can troll him all you want for all his off-the-field shit, but, I mean, he's just fucking amazing player. Uh, and the Browns coaching staff, and, and really their whole offense has just looked terrible. Uh, they got shellacked Monday night against the Niners. Uh, Chiefs minus four and a half against the Texans. Chiefs have got a lot of injuries, but this is just, I mean, I'm going to take four and a half with the Chiefs off a loss at home any day of the week. Also, I've mentioned I'm not a huge fan of the Texans, although they look great this past weekend. And I, I had Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller in my daily fantasy lineup, so I do know the the potential they have. But uh, yeah, they're, they're not too. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs here.
0: Jaguars yeah, coming back this week.
1: Uh, he's looking like he is going to come back this week. Tyreek Hill, yeah, it's looking. He's practicing this week. It looks like he's going to play. They have a lot of injuries though on defense, some offensive line. Um, holes but i just i'll take the the better coach quarterback and team off a loss at home any day of the week uh, jaguars versus the saints the jaguars are minus one and a half it kind of looks fishy at first but really a lot of uh people i respect think the jaguars offense is legit i think the saints are a bit of out of gas and they are um uh, just a different team outside of the dome yeah. So I, I actually probably will be on the Jaguars as long as it's less than a, a field goal within the uh, this week. Uh, next game is the Vikings versus the Eagles. I like both these teams a lot. Um, the Vikings are a team. I'm going to lo- I don't think they're going to win the division just because they've already lost two division games. I think the Packers have a really good stranglehold on that division, even though it's still early. It, it should call a stranglehold, but a good a good leg up on it. But the Vikings, man, if they can get that passing game going it is Kirk Cousins, so I'm going to wait for him to prove it against a a good team. But if he can, you know, get that passing game going, I think the Vikings could really do some damage. Um, and I like the Eagles, but the the Vikings at home, that defense is no joke. Uh, so I'll take Vikings minus three. Uh, and the next is the Dolphins and the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> I am rooting for the Dolphins. I really am. I, and There's a lot of people who are pretty – used to be at least pretty big Redskins fans that are rooting for the Dolphins just to make this – just so the Redskins hit rock bottom or, or at least keep going f- – like falling farther just so everyone just revolts against the owner. Um, but yeah. Redskins are only three and a half points favored against the Dolphins, <laughs> which is really really funny. Um, there's a side of me that says, well, like they are professionals, the Redskins, and you know, hopefully this lights a fire under them that, like, hey, your jobs are on the line. But the organization is just so dysfunctional, and I kind of think the Dolphins have been the laughingstock for the first month of the season, and now they kind of like see blood in the water. So I think this is one of those things where, if the Dolphins are leading in the first half, they're going to win the game. You know what I mean? Like if the Redskins like let them have momentum, they're never gonna take it back. Mm-hmm. Uh the only way I think the only way the Redskins win that game is if they just come out from the beginning, you know, and, and kind of handle it, which, you know, I, I I'd be just kind of shocked if it happens. Next game is the Niners versus the Rams. This is kind of really intriguing game before the season. I think this was a six-point spread uh spread, but today's game it's a uh three-point spread. The Rams have lost two straight. The Niners are undefeated. I think this is a classic buy uh, low on the Rams sell high on the Niners. Uh, I was not high on the Rams at all preseason, but they have four extra days of rest. They played on Thursday night and yeah, I, I just, the Rams minus three, I'll be probably betting this game as well. I'll be looking, hopefully it gets down to two and a half. I'd love to take that, but yeah, i mean, I have a lot of respect for the Niners. I really do, but that's just, that's just too much of an overreaction. Next is the Cardinals versus the Falcons. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a huge Kyle Mur- Kyler Murray fanboy and love what the Cardinals are doing, but the Falcons minus two and a half. Is, is, it's kind of a trap. It looks like a trap, but if I had to pick, I would pick the Falcons. Just Matt Ryan's a very consistent quarterback. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not going to bet that game, but if I had to, I, w- I would take the Falcons. Cowboys and the Jets. Um Cowboys would like to beat up on these kind of shittier teams. First three weeks, they look like gods because they are playing some shitty teams. If the backup quarterback is uh, playing for the Jets, I would take the Cowboys. And I'd probably look to bet this if it gets under seven to like six and a half. But if I had to pick this game right now, I'd take Cowboys minus seven. Titans at the Broncos, I'll take Titans plus two and Titans to win the game. Uh, that's going to be a really low-scoring game. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, it, if the Titans or the Broncos won by one point or, or two. Uh, and then Steelers at the Chargers, I'll take the Chargers minus six and a half off a loss. The Steelers are on their third string quarterback. Uh, and I think the Steelers aren't far from fa- firing their quarterback. I mean, excuse me, their, their coach, uh, they're the type of organization they won't do it mid year, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the writing's on the wall with, uh, you know, this kind of being a lost season and they move on from Tomlin and then, last but certainly not least, the Monday night game, the Lions at the Packers. The Packers are only favored by four, despite looking very impressive. The Lions off a of bye is a very, very fishy line. Um, I would not bet this line. It stinks. I I, I expect it to be like six off the research into this. That that Lions defense must be real, but I, I'm not betting this at all. Uh, but if I had to take it, I'd take back, Packers minus four uh, at home on Monday night football. They've looked really good this year, and Aaron Rodgers is still pretty damn good. So, yeah, that's the picks. Um, Anything jump out to you, Rob?
0: No, not especially on those. I hadn't really um, taken into consideration what you said before about, like, this is lines that you could bet that don't move. You just pick, like, picking on Wednesday afternoon. It's not, (laughs) not ideal.
1: Yeah, so that that's on me. I should have gone over that, and that that's kind of the whole purpose of this this podcast. That and we're getting like we're getting like second wave listeners now, which is kind of funny. So we should explain that again. Like first of all, that I'm the one who's been betting on sports for for a considerable amount of years, and Rob does not bet on sports but uh, understands the concept of value investing and is in the financial industry. Uh, but yeah. The, the hope was that I wouldn't talk like this where I feel like I'm talking to someone that knows the ins and outs of sports betting. But, yeah, I, I should explain the contest. So the contest is, like, the most prestigious. It, it's probably the closest thing comparable to, like, the World Series of Poker for poker, obviously, but this is for sports betting. So, yeah, you get five. Uh, you have to pick five NFL sides, so not even the totals. You have to pick the winning side, you know, against the spread, and they're stale lines so stale means obviously they come out and they don't move so they come out on wednesday nights and you can look at them all week and as we get more injury updates um you know there's usually a lot a big advantage because you can see how the real market's moving so for example you know the patriots are minus 17 right now but if it closes at minus 20 you know you, you got three points of value but then there's game theory involved because everyone has that you know so do you think that's worth it or not so um, I've never done the contest. My plan is to do it next year. Um, you can only enter your picks in, in Nevada, but you can use a proxy. So you can pay for a proxy who you send your picks to and they can put them in. Um, but yeah, so that is kind of like, I was like, you know, I should pick these. And I was like, you know what, let me just post these and see how I do. Like just on Wednesday nights, just firing, you know, mm-hmm. obviously optimal strategy is to put them in Friday, Saturday morning when you have all the Intel. Um, but you know, this is kind of just a fun exercise and just a good way to just, you know, keep up with the contest. Uh, the winner for the last like four or five years has gotten over a million dollars. So, um, yeah, so it's a really interesting contest, but there's some new contests that are springing up. Like I said, that are kind of like trying to mimic it. So it's kind of good to try to think of these contest formats. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably I'll I'll enter a Jsw Sports one next year. I think it'd be fun. It'd be great advertising if I won.
0: You know, that would be great. Listen to the pod. Come to my <laughs> pod. Would be the the ad there. I do have a topic I want to bring up for for this one. That topic is something okay. that we I think touched in week one maybe, and that is the vig.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure.
0: So, so. you clearly look for like when you're actually putting in bets, you are. Relying on your sportsbook to have an affordable vig for any given bet, right?
1: Yeah, and and I mean, when I was in Vegas, I had way more outs, so I, I equated to like it's like a gas station, you know? It's like you you have all these different gas stations in the town. The more gas stations you have, the easier it is to get the cheaper price. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And right now, I have access to like four, sometimes five, directly four uh, outs. So I check all four outs before I make a bet to make sure I get the best
0: price. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the reason I bring that up is you may have seen this news, but you and I haven't talked about it. Last week, I believe on Wednesday, um, a giant in the investment business, Charles Schwab, announced the end of transaction fees for stocks, ETFs, and option trading, which was a really big deal, and at least in my mind, that equates it to to some extent of – like that's the vig, right? That's the the functional equivalent. Does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's there's that. It's it's really also like it's the casino's edge, is the mm-hmm. vig. So it's it's like a tax more than a fee, um, because it's the casino's advantage. Because realistically, if all I had to do was be fifty percent. Sports betting would be a lot easier, but the fact that it increases up to essentially 52.5%, almost 53%, is the break-even point, is where it, that 3%, <laughs> you <laughs> don't realize how much more difficult life is at 3%, because um, your elite sports better is, is at like a high 50%, the, the best in the world are at maybe 60 maybe 60%. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point with that. And yeah, the VIG is important, you know, um, idiots always say, well, you only play VIG if you lose. And while that's true, um, you know, you can, we talk about how the some of the best be- bets I've ever made are the ones I've lost, but you know, I got five points of closing line value, which means I beat the market by like five points, but that team ended up losing anyways. Um, you know, it's still a hell of a bet. Uh, Even though it didn't win, you know, because you you can't be outcome dependent. There's just so many random variables from, you know, referees calls to the weather to just pure randomness uh, that you can't be outcome dependent. You know what I mean? And that's the big thing where people think betting on sports is is predicting the future. You're not predicting the future. You're just you are, um, you know, finding inefficiencies in the marketplace you know, you're finding inefficiencies in what people assume the probability early. The market assumes the probability of team a to win or team B to win or team a to score this many points. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a really good question.
0: Yeah. It sounds like the VIG would be more functionally equivalent to like, um, what we'd call a market maker, which is someone who is yes. interacting with every, every, um, everyone in the market and they are not giving you like great prices. Like you have a, you know, three or four um, percent functional difference in the bid and ask. Like, there's a big bid ask spread. Um, yeah. In bets, and the vig is what you pay for the difference in those. Whereas, at least you know, in big liquid stock markets, futures markets, whatever it is, uh, those are should be really, really tight. And and the the arb, someone has found a way to arbitrage that away to make it really efficient. But nonetheless, Schwab, uh, followed by TD Ameritrade, eliminated trading fees. My take on that is that, um if you didn't like an investment with a seven dollar ticket charge, you should not like it now <laughs> with a zero dollar ticket charge. <laughs> I think that also applies to to the bet, right if you liked it at a you know one VIG, 0 percent VIG zero percent fig shouldn't necessarily be the difference in a good bet and a bad bet,
1: yeah, absolutely, and uh, just something I don't know why this is like triggered in my mind, but you know it's just the liquidity of everything, you know, and I think that's where. Nine, you know, ninety-nine or I'd say ninety-five percent of people um you know they go wrong with sports betting. It's just how liquid it is. Like you can bet on any game, you know, and just like the stock market, you can bet, you can buy any stock. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just like you gotta realize, okay, you're doing that recreationally. As long as you're doing that recreationally, that's fine. But if you think you're doing that with an advantage, like you have to be so patient. And the, you know, the the um, you know, example that Warren Buffett gives is, you know, you're just sitting there and you're, you're taking pitches, you're taking pitches, you're taking pitches. And then once it gets in that sweet spot, that circle of competence, then you drive it, you know? And I know it's such a simple concept and we keep bringing it back up, but I really think it's really powerful because, uh, that's really a huge part of sports betting is, you know, if you take out the emotional aspect and the actual knowledge of of what you're doing, I think that's the most important topic. You just have to be patient and you have to know, you know, some of the best bets you've ever made are the ones you don't make, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that has a lot of parallels to the investment world, right? where people want to, Oh my god I saw this article about Bitcoin and I, I, I'm only saying this because I've I've called you personally about certain things when I you know younger days and you've been like yeah well you know blah 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 let me look at the let me look at the underlying you know things and now it's like the older I get when it's like if it's not sports like just give me an ETF or, or you, <laughs> you tell me something to do and I'm gonna go back to my realm of where I actually know what the fuck I'm doing you know so um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of like my two cents with it, but I think that's a really good question. And I hope that, um, you know, helps some people out there
0: tight dude. What's, uh, what's, happening for you in the near term future?
1: Uh, well, tonight I am going to, um, buy some fireworks for the crazy party after the nationals win tonight. So we're recording Wednesday night at eight o'clock Eastern 30 minutes before the Dodgers nationals game. And the, the atmosphere is palpable here. Is the tension it's it's crazy. Uh <laughs> all sarcasm <laughs> aside. We're about to go to a to a bar to watch the game. Uh I do have a sixteen to one ticket on the Nationals to win the NL and a thirty seven and a half to one ticket to win on the nationals. So all trolling aside, uh I will be rooting for those Nats. I went to the game Monday, it was fun. Uh saw my boy Max Scherzer pitch. Uh and yeah, I hope they win. And I need my Stros in the AL,
0: but uh Nah, yeah. go raise.
1: Yeah, I well, can't even be mad if the Rays win. I'm just mad at myself that I didn't take uh the Rays at like thirty to one when I probably could have, but it's all good.
0: I wouldn't have done that either.
1: Hey. Well I had I had the A's at, at like thirty to one on the other side, so I could have, but it's all good. It, it, baseball's just so random. So so random. But yeah, man. Uh doing that and then pretty much a low key weekend and then I'll be seeing you the weekend after next, I believe. Yeah, like ten days. Ten days, be seeing you uh, down south. All right. Well, uh, any any uh, plans for you this week?
0: Uh, no, dude. Just prepping for the that LSU recruiting trip. Really excited <laughs> to meet meet the coaches and see what they have to offer me. <laughs> I'm down to do some networking in Baton Rouge, dude. But yeah, yes. uh, get some rest
1: this weekend because I think the next one's not going to be uh, so restful. You got it, bro. All right. I'll see you and everyone else next week. Peace.